welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Joel, and I'm here with radio presenter and writer Jacinta Parsons to talk about her book, Unseen. Thanks so much for joining us, Jacinta. I am very pleased to be in a virtual world with you, Joel. <laughs> Is there any other world these days? <laughs> no, we are just, we pretend we're just voices in the ether. But yeah, no, I'm really excited to have a chat with you about it today. And uh, it is it is a very um, interesting and intense book. I was just saying before we started recording how strange it is to, usually strange it is to read someone's book and then talk to them. But I think particularly, um, it feels particularly intrusive with this book <laughs> because of how personal it is. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you, you, you came to write this one? Well, I was diagnosed with chronic illness, Crohn's disease, Look, and again, was it 20 odd years ago? So it only really occurred to me to write it maybe about a year ago. And that's pretty much when I started um, because I didn't actually think I had much of a story to tell because, you know, when you're living through illness, it's just a very daily day to day thing. And even though there's huge um, crises usually within those decades that are very profound, they're part of um, sort of an ongoing daily life. So I didn't really think I had a story, but I have thought about it so deeply because you spend so much time alone and so much time lying in bed thinking about what it is and what it means that I um, I thought it was, I thought it would have been, a, it's a really right time for me to talk about illness and chronic illness particularly and how it um, has impacted my life. Yeah, it does seem like a, a, a good time for this book to be out in the world because I think people with chronic illnesses are sort of a little bit more under the spotlight during the pandemic, coming under that terrible umbrella term, immunocompromised. Yeah. Um, you observe quite interestingly early on in the book about that the lockdown or the the process sort of replicates the experience of having a chronic illness, which I thought was really interesting. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, it was really interesting to watch us all go through the experience of the pandemic because it, it became very clear quite early on, this is what it's like when you get sick. You know, there's that, um, often it's a shocking experience, you know, it'll happen, an event will happen and you'll be sort of thrust out of your normal everyday life. You are isolated, as so many of us have been. The regular beat of our daily lives get taken away from us. We're frightened. We might lose jobs as a result of the um, the illness and how we cope with it, and or, or we find it difficult to. And the nature of our lives is turned upside down. And what what's been really interesting the longer this has gone on as well is how very much it's like the experience of chronic illness when you actually suddenly realise, oh, right, this isn't going to end anytime soon. The concept of chronic is a really hard one to swallow. And I think I'm hearing people um, around the country now just really having that sense of, oh, this is long term. This, this change that's happened to us isn't something that we get over as we might with normal illness. And I think it's been a really a really positive way that we've had some a, a potential for the, the empathy of what it is like to have illness. That's such an interesting way of looking at it. And it's an optimistic way of looking at it. I think that's really um, interesting. Did you, well, think, yeah, sorry, go on. 
I was just going to say, I think what's really challenging about the experience of illness is it being so, as this whole book is about, it's invisible and it's isolating. So any opportunity that you have to go, oh, that's what it's like to live in my skin or that's what it's like to live with illness, I think is a good thing because it's really about shared understanding that sometimes you are really held apart from. And so hopefully we can hold on to this sense of this experience in some way of having empathy for those that um, kind of have these sorts of experiences all the time. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I, I wonder how, how it will go on. I do think there's definitely a sense that people think um, that things will at some point snap back to normal. But I, I, I get the impression, and maybe it's partially because, um, you know, with Booktopia, I work in an industry that has been transformed by this pandemic so I feel it feels to me like it's not going to switch back to normal um, and this is the but, really interesting thing isn't it like you are given an opportunity to wonder what the new normal might be as well so we, mm. we, you know there are phrases that are thrown around a lot but it's the same thing with illness you have this absolute disruption to your everyday existence in such a way that's so profound you do potentially have an opportunity to wonder who you are and what this will be you know, for a life. Yeah, I, I think that. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, or, or always something that we're hyper aware of at the moment. Um, can I, I think you're to reverse back a bit? It might be worth talking to to listeners who aren't who who, who haven't come across it before, or which is very unlikely, I guess. The I, the concept of chronic illness in itself, I think, is something that. Um, it's a very broad definition. You say in the book, 50% of people in Australia report having chronic illness, but obviously it runs a very wide gamut. Um, what do you, what's your internal conception of a chronic illness? Obviously you have Crohn's disease, which is, which is a, um, can be extremely serious. Um, but lots and lots of people have Crohn's and you never, you never know, you know, I've got a couple of friends who have it and, I didn't, uh, until I read another book um, uh, by your publisher, actually, uh, about someone suffering from it, and, I, and started talking about it. I didn't even know that they had it. So it's one of those strange experiences that they must have gone through such suffering. Um, mm. How how do you? I don't know what my question is there. I guess um, how do you about conceive chronic. of of chronic illness as a as an umbrella term? Do you own it? An it's so interesting. I, I think that's kind of the crux of the questions in the book. It's what is it to be sick? And I guess chronic means um, it's not going away. This is a lifelong experience. And I think I try and articulate in the book how difficult it is to understand that truly. We always have a sense of cycles and things ending and getting through things and coming to the end and celebrating, you know, uh, a milestone and you've you're a, you're a survivor of or something. When there's something that's chronic, like illness that never really goes away, I think it's really difficult to understand how you live with something that you really don't want, but you have it now forever. And um, a lot comes into that concept. And of course, as you say, there's a gamut, a very diverse group of us that live with chronic illness and to varying degrees. But the unifying aspect of it is the chronic nature of it. And it defines us differently to regular illness, which has a cycle of beginning and end. This doesn't end. So how do you understand that 
in uh, the spectrum of your life and how do you deal with it and how do you identify as a person who is sick? Like it's a very complex and layered uh, experience to have and depending on the severity of the, the experience that you're having, it can be quite profound, quite debilitating, quite isolating as well. Yeah, and it must have made it very difficult to write this book because it doesn't lend itself naturally to a narrative, does it? I mean, you say early on, I love that expression, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Um, and you needed to step back and sort of view your illness from a sort of bird's eye view or as a, as, as a whole thing. But that's hard when you still, you still have it. You know, you, you, there is no end point. So how did you come about... How did you come to that as a, as a narrative? It's, that's a really great question. And I think what I naturally did was sort of, you know, there's probably sections in my mind. And one of the early parts of my illness was, uh, you know, a profound experience of, uh, you know, getting an ileostomy bag and, and having a baby and all the things that happened around that particular time. And uh, it's funny because my husband, who's in the book, obviously, uh, and I laugh about the fact that the story is so long and there's so many um, aspects to it. I've just really focused on a particular period of my life, probably a 10-year period. And within that, really the intention was to illuminate the grander story of this, that there is a universal experience, I suppose, in some ways, and trying to draw those themes out of that experience of those 10 years, because within that is really, it really talks about illness, I think, in, in all its um, in all its dimensions as, as I've experienced it. Yeah, and I think that there's a, um, there's a sort of reassuring element to the book, even though there are parts of it that are obviously quite frightening um, or upsetting, um, just because descriptions of pain are so hard to read, I think. Um, but there's a sort of... It's reassuring to know that there's a there's a process, or there's a um, there can be a, a, a alleviation, I guess. Uh, but to get to that point, you had to go through something that I, I have heard again and again and again, and you know is covered um, really well in that book, Pain and Prejudice, I think, which um, was a wonderful book, and you quote a little bit in the in yours that this idea of uh, how, how women in particular, and particularly with chronic illnesses, are, are treated by the medical system. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience of that? So my experience was probably, um, well, some of it was, was good and some of it was not at all. I think the experience that I had um, was probably similar to a lot of people because what you what you don't have a lot of when you're a patient is power. I suppose you're really at the mercy of the professionals, the health professionals that that are helping you. You're really vulnerable to that, and depending on how they walk into the room and how you walk into that room, with their lives and their own kind of biases and the way that they may see the world, we encounter that with each other. The doctor and the patient aren't divorced from the humanity that they bring into a space, and so depending on how much money you make, what gender you are, what cultural backgrounds you have, um, who you are in our social world before you walk in that room, I think it has an impact on perhaps how you're treated broadly in the health system. This is obviously a very unconscious part of the system, but it, it is 
built in in some ways because of who has the power and, and who are the health professionals and where they've come from in their life experience. So it's really sometimes you're, you're crossing your fingers that you encounter somebody that has a compassion for you, that hears you where you are, that trusts you, that believes in your experience. And it takes, it, it depends on where you find yourself as to how easy or traumatic that can be. And in the book, of course, it talks about a time where, um, you know, my, my trust in the doctor that I had that I loved very much was probably my health was mishandled in some ways and it was a devastating outcome in that. But I think um, a lot of people will talk about that that experience of being a patient in, in the receipt of care. Yeah, that's really interesting. You, you talk a bit about um, the way that nurses treat you as a whole person and my, certainly my experience of dealing with you know, the medical system in general is that nurses are the most wonderful people in the universe and uh, <laughs> and you, I always leave any medical experience with nurses generally feeling like they're the best they're, they were the best things in in that experience and I wonder if chronic illness in particular lends itself to doctor mismanagement because it's so difficult to define and and obviously difficult to treat at one point you describe um, diagnosis of Crohn's, and this applies to lots of other chronic illnesses, as describing a, a bundle of symptoms and a course of treatment rather than a cause or a cure. Yeah. Do you think that is part of it? Is that doctors like to have some kind of end point or clear cause and they just don't know how to deal with it? They like to deal with the disease rather than the person. Not all. Yeah, and I, I think that is, you know, we've obviously got a, a spectrum of professional. But it was interesting talking to my doctor about this and getting down to it with him, my, my specialist. And he really understood that you go through medical school, your job is disease and science, and it's not a human um, calling necessarily. You're going there to solve problems of the body and of health. That's an interesting perspective when sitting in front of you is a broken person who's lost their job, who is so unwell, you know, that are desperate for, for care, I suppose. But it's, it's, I don't know the answer is that it's possible to get that care from our health professionals in the way that we need. But you mentioned nurses before, and I feel very much in agreement with my experience that I think they see us in some ways at our most broken, our most vulnerable, and are there to wipe us up in ways that, um, you, you know, provide that human connection. And maybe the calling is different as to why you move into those areas of health. I'm not sure. Yeah, it does, it does feel like a different calling, I think, sometimes. Uh, not always. I think some people go into it for different reasons, but it definitely feels fundamentally different and you know it does feel every time I encounter a, a story like yours I feel like nurses are undervalued by the culture um, oh I feel like that I've, I've got such deep love for the care and love I was given by nurses because they're at those really crucial junctures in your life where you are really really sick and desperate for kindness almost and it, uh, that can't be underestimated how important that is in health, that, that, that human need for comfort. 
Yeah, and and recognition. I think um, that the moment early, early, relatively early on, when you first get the kind, the sort of kind GP who who actually just works at trying to find a response, a, a, a diagnosis. I've been through um, a, a very different experience with a with an ex partner um, with a chronic issue that you know it took so long to find that yeah. doctor but when you do that sense of relief in feeling like someone actually wants to try and solve the problem um how do you <laughs> do you have any like tips for people to to try and find that person or is it just a trial and error thing i think you know word of mouth can be really helpful if you've had people that have had good experiences with doctors i think um but i think it's really important that you find that doctor I don't think it's okay to settle for less, especially when you've got symptoms that nobody can find an answer for. You want someone who will go to the end of the world to find an answer with you. And that might take a long period, but that you feel and have a faith that they will, they believe you, which is a, a horrible experience to have is that you're ever questioned around the way you express your experience. Um, and I think I think it's just really important that you find them because a, a GP, general practitioner, having someone that understands and supports you and advocates for you is probably one of the crucial uh, cogs in the in your health um, to ensure that you've got that person there to counsel you and to ensure that you're going through the system in the right way. Yeah, it is such an interesting relationship. I, you know, people people react so differently to medical care in that sense of feeling like obsequious in some cases to their doctors and um, I've certainly witnessed that ex experience that you and other people with chronic illness have had where they are sort of it's intimated that they have mental illness issues instead of physical issues or just outright said uh, yeah it, it's just it's horrifying when when it ends up being an obvious not an obvious but it ends up being a genuine absolutely debilitating real thing to think that a doctor would do that I just, I find it very hard to wrap my head around it. But the, you know, um, and I don't know if you that, have anything to add. Well, that I just, I think absolutely, I think it is a devastating experience to have and that power to define you, to say that you are something or not something. It's quite absurd, really, um, to be in a situation where you don't have your own capacity to claim something. You, you have to wait for it to be diagnosed, I suppose. You know, it just is, and it's for so many people very difficult. And as you mentioned before, often it's been gendered in our history and um, there's cultural issues around that as well, especially with First Nations people in this country in terms of legitimising experiences. Yeah, uh, and you, you speak about that very well in the book. Uh, the other thing I thought was um, very interesting, you, you quoted a, a sociologist whose name I didn't write down from the 50s-ish, <laughs> I think, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and talking about the sort of rights and privileges of, a, of an, a person who is ill. And one of the the concepts in it is this, you know, idea that a sick person should try to get well, which I, I just think that is 100% pervades every aspect of, yes. you know, I've got friends with chronic illnesses and, even though I feel relatively awake to the issues surrounding it, because I've talked to people who've written books about it a, a number of times, and 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 it, I feel like I think about it and I'm aware of it. But you can't help 
you sort of can't help it sometimes. There's some part of you, even though you know it's wrong, that you think, well, just can't you just try a bit harder? Which is yeah. just awful. I recognise it in myself sometimes and I think that's completely wrong. But, but I love um, that you are able to recognise that within yourself because I've had to recognise it in myself as well. I, I know yeah. it comes up in my own. I've had the experience, yet there's something inbuilt in us, a cynicism, and it's a it's a hostile cynicism in some ways because it's like, oh, what what do you want from me? Can't, what are you doing? You know, and I think, as you say, it's pervasive. And that's what I think we are seeing with chronically ill people in a reaction to helpful advice or the ways that people might try and make them better. It's like, well, I'm not going to be better. That's something we need to understand sometimes right from the outset. We have to be comfortable with illness. Yeah, and I think illness, you know, carries with it so much shame. Yeah. Because it feels like a failure. Yeah, uh, and it feels like you need to you need to have done something to fix it. But in certain types of illnesses, there's nothing you can do. It will have its ups and downs on its own terms, yeah. even aside from what you do. Um, and I think that's a that's something that you explore in depth in the book because it's your whole experience. Um, I I don't know where we go from there in the culture though. I don't know how easy it is to change that deep held cultural view of illness um except I think by more, just this, confronting it I, yeah and i think that um it's you know as you say people have written and spoken about this and i think that's really important i think that we need to talk about it more so that some of that unconscious stuff that we've been carrying around with ourselves and some of that finger pointing and that implicit blame that we place on sick people is reflected upon and reflected upon in ourselves, those of us that are sick to say, actually, I don't have to carry that. I don't have to feel bad that I'm not well enough to participate in the world as other people do. It is okay that I am who I am, you know, and it sounds absurd, doesn't it, that we um, even speaking about it in this way, but it is absolutely prevalent that that shame is um, covertly acquired. Mm. And 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 transmitted, yeah, uh, absolutely. Even by people who are very well-meaning and think they know what they're talking about. And it's still surprising um, that it happens all the time. <laughs> That's why I think, uh, and you know, in the book we talk about not sharing, keeping stuff a secret, because when you uh, come out as a sick person you better not need anything because people have got very low tolerance for it. And so often the easiest route is to keep it a secret because that's really painful to encounter. Mm. Uh, another really interesting part of the book that I, I had never encountered before I thought was um, fascinating, this idea of chronic illness, obviously not intentionally, but as a way of sort of reflecting more fully on what it means to be alive. Yeah. And um, you talk about it a few times throughout the book and it, it, it made me think, it, not that I know anything about Buddhism, but it's it a sense of sort of uh, spiritual detachment where mm. I, I'm definitely guilty of identifying myself through my work and feeling like, um, you know, what my, how busy I am is who I am. And 
um, I, I something I think about and trying to divorce myself from that person um, all the time. But you, a chronically ill person often doesn't have the choice, and so you're forced out of that mindset. Yes. Can you tell us yeah. a bit about how that has affected you as a person. It's absolutely fundamentally changed me. Um, I, I think. This is potentially some of the ways that chronic illness in a really painful way asks us to challenge our very, our very being. You are ripped away from the identifiers of your life, uh, relationships, your work, how productive you are, whether you can go to the pub, you know, simple, basic uh, ways that you might see and understand who you are. So when that's taken away from you and you're in your bed, and you have to really contemplate the nature of your experience and your being, you are forced to have to find out probably closer to the truth of what it is <clears throat> because it's unbearable otherwise, really, to, to, not, uh, to be lost there. And I think definitely I was lost there for a long time. It was an enormously painful thing to be taken from a life that I had and to not have it anymore and to find my way through to who I really am, I suppose. And then as a result of that, you lose a fear, I think, of loss because when you've lost everything, you understand that hitting the bottom is not exactly that. It is uh, an experience of discovery, I suppose. And it's not for everyone and it's not always that way and it's not, but it can lend itself to having to face without any option um who you could be when you've lost everything yeah it's a it's it's very stirring actually thinking about it that mm. way uh, and i think that that might be some sort of basis upon which to start thinking about how people who are suffering from chronic illness can can give something to people who are not you know yeah. we, we have it's not just i think sometimes the culture views people with chronic illness as as a drain you know, yeah. but actually that's obviously not true. Everyone is human and everyone deserves to be healthy and happy. But um, I do think there's something fundamental there that needs, uh, that can be communicated. And you've done a great job in the book of communicating that. And I think it's even, you know, you drew the comparison with a pandemic earlier. It was almost like this secret club of, hey, we got this. You know, we know how to be resilient in the face of enormous change. We know how to be adaptable. We know how to find the light in the day uh, when it feels really dark. We know how to work through pain. We know how to, because we've had to, we've had no option. The skills that we have as a result of that are enormous. And I think you're right. I think there is an enormous bounty of human understanding that you get when you are chronically ill that is not afforded you um, often, you know, without such an experience. Mm. Well, it's just such a fascinating book and I feel like we've barely scraped the surface, but um, we are going to have to <laughs> wrap up. Is there anything that you want to work on next? That is, it, is, there, is there a next book in you? Do you? Are you feeling a burning desire to write the next thing? What, how, how are you at with writing? I loved this experience of writing so much. It was just such a beautiful um, opportunity to, it's, it felt like, and this might sound a bit wacko, but it felt like a love letter to an experience in my life. And so every moment that I wrote, it was just, 
you know, very, very enjoyable isn't even the right word. It was just a really kind of deep experience. So I'll wait and see if anything else occurs to me to write. But um, who knows? I don't know, actually. This, this just felt like a really important thing for me to do at this particular time in my life. Well, it is, it's, a, it's a really wonderful book and it's beautifully written. So I highly recommend that our listeners um, get a copy, either from your local bookshop or from Booktopia. Um, and Jacinta, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what a pleasure. Thank you so much, Joel. And again, the book is Unseen by Jacinta Parsons, and you can get it from utopia.com.au or your local bookshop. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.